Hi, this is K.S. Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. And today I wanted to discuss furry slash brony culture. So first up, a disclaimer. Uh, this episode briefly mentions the LGBTQ plus community, gender identity, toxic masculinity, the prospect of pedophilia, and the implications of bestiality. If you choose not to listen now, I understand. If you do want to continue on with me, please do not use this podcast episode to argue or exploit anyone who's interested and are involved um, in this Netflix show, the manga, or the furry and the brony community. Just do your own research or simply just mind your business. Okay, so first up I wanted to discuss B-Star. Oh, I should say B-Stars. It's a manga slash anime. Uh, while scrolling through my Instagram feed, many of the anime slash manga blogs I follow posted about a new anime premiering on Netflix called B-Stars. B-Stars is an original Peru Itagaki, I believe is how you pronounce um, their name. Um, it's their manga series which has earned multiple accolades, including the Manga Tasho Award in 2018. The anime series premiered on Netflix in 2019, and according to the website, the synopsis is, In a world where beasts of all kinds coexist, a gentle wolf awakens to his own predatory urges as the school deals with a murder within its midst. What attracted me to the show was a promo image of a wolf engulfing a rabbit in its arms in a very obsessive and even desperate way. But the rabbit didn't appear to be in pain or in fear of its life. I'm only about six episodes in and animal shows aren't really my thing, but this show is definitely layered and complicated. There's a hierarchy amongst the split species of herbivores and carnivores, with this relationship between the wolf and rabbit, it's obviously forbidden on the surface alone. But as the show continues, layer after layer begins to unravel the repulsive discrimination and rampant prejudice that's a part of the status quo in this Zootopia-like universe. After spotting the post, I began to read the comments for a better understanding as to what the show was about and how popular it would be amongst others. Some people were for it, possibly because they read the manga, but then I noticed others stating that they would give it a pass because they didn't want to be seen as a furry, quote-unquote furry, or didn't want to watch, quote-unquote, furry porn. I knew what a furry was before this post and before I previewed Beastars, or at least I thought I did. Uh, The more I watched the show, the more weird and simply disinterested and continue why I became, honestly. Uh, I, I just couldn't get past the fact that the characters were animals. It had nothing to do with the adult content or the interspecies relationships. I just couldn't get past the fact that they were talking animals. My sci-fi slash fantasy consumption has pretty much destroyed anything for me if it's not an interspecies universe where other talking beings exist. And the same goes for like an all-human cast of characters. That's just plain old boring. And when I say an interspecies universe of other talking beings, I mean like something like um, Guardians of the Galaxy or Star Trek or Star Wars where, you know, there are other beings that exist with humans. Um, they can be mammals. Well, not mammals, but they can be, I guess, like an animal type with 
the with the humans. It's like you have humans, you have these beings, whatever species they may be, and then you have your pets. Like it's all different. Whereas with B stars, it's like everybody is an animal, and that's it. Like they all like instead of people, they're animals. It's 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 like Zootopia. It's pretty much like that. But it just it was just I, I just couldn't get into it. I couldn't do it. So speaking of furries, what is a furry? Furries exist at the intersection of anthropomorphism, which is ascribing human qualities to non-humans, and zoomorphism, essentially the opposite of anthropomorphism. Many furries feel a deep spiritual and emotional connection with a particular animal to the point where they may even identify more with the particular species of animal or their fursona than humanity. Some typical uh, and false stereotypes about furries are um, the community is largely male, more than 60%. The, they like sci-fi more than the general population. And can, canids, or is it, it's not canids, it's canids, which is pretty much uh, the canine-like animals are the most popular uh, fursonas. That's typical of a furry. Some false stereotypes are uh, most, if not all, furries wear fursuits. Uh, furries have traits relative to personality disorders and that furries are gay. Those are false uh, negative stereotypes. However, furries do come into their identities and get involved with the community, usually in their late teens. What I found interesting while researching was furries need to reinforce boundaries of authenticity as a response to past stigmatism. This will explain the mansplaining from fanboys or just men in general when a woman expresses interest in a subject she enjoys. It was something that he initially enjoyed by himself and had possibly been bullied about it as a teen or young adult. It's like a defense mechanism that many marginalized subcultures face, especially if they've maybe aged out of that uh, specific subculture. For instance, if you're punk, like you're, you were into the punk scene as a teen, as a young adult, but then like now you're 45 years old. It's like, dude, really? Like still? You know, many people at that age believe you should have grown out of that scene or subculture as you transitioned into adulthood as a productive member of society. As if punks can't be productive. I guess that's a, a counter to being a punk. I guess you're not supposed to be or whatever. Um, like, uh, you should have thrown out your ripped jeans and Doc Martens for khakis and loafers a long time ago. <laughs> like, whatever. Um, so, furry and kink are two separate things. It's like people associate furries with with sex kinks and those are two separate things the basic requirement to be a furry is that you have to really like animals so your love for them doesn't have to extend to buying a thousand plus dollar fursuit if you like drawing animals if you like writing about animals you like to pet cats you walk neighborhood dogs or you know you prefer an animal persona over a humans you can be a furry like anything like you go to you like to go to cat cafes something simple like that 
Um, again, you, you just like animals. It, you can be, that qualifies as being a furry and that's okay. Uh, many people join the furry community, not only because they identify with the anthropomorphic culture, but they also feel an overwhelming acceptance they may not feel in their daily lives. Yes, some furries use the, um, accepting community as an excuse to explore their sexuality since their normal lives prohibit experimentation for whatever reason. For some, this is a kink. Kink in BDSM classes and not safe for work, not safe for work artwork is displayed and sold in the artist alley at nearly every Furcon, but this is only a small percentage of a very large and inclusive community. Many people identify or who identify as autistic or live with anxiety disorders frequent furry cons because talking to others isn't necessarily required. Talking is nearly impossible anyway in the heavy thick fursuits and even though the suits are bulky and occupy a lot of space people are bound to bump into each other but that's pretty much inevitable. Uh, contact of any kind isn't required to have a good time. There's no pressure People who identify as LGBTQ plus claim similar positives to being a furry when they reveal their sexuality to someone else outside of the furry community, especially someone who is cisgender or heterosexual, they treat them they treat that person who's, you know, LGBTQ plus, they treat them as their sexuality and not who they are as a person. Again, there's no pressure to live up other people's expectations of how you're supposed to be, um, but it's more about what you're interested in. Okay, now on to probably the more controversial subculture here, bronies. <sighs> Ready? <laughs> brony or brony, which is singular, and bronies, which is plural, are male fans of the animated children's show, My Little Pony. Hasbro originally launched the line of My Little Pony toys in 1981 with the hopes of attracting the attention of little girls. Soon after, Hasbro started to make television shows for the franchise, beginning with the original in 1984 and continuing with two more versions of the show in 1992 and 2003, prior to the release of My Little Pony Friendship is Magic in 2010. Lauren Foss developed My Little Pony, a.k.a. MLP, P is in Paul, or P is in Pony. <laughs> and the show follows the pony Twilight, the pony named Twilight Sparkle as she explores the different aspects of friendship in the town of Ponyville. After the first airing of MLP in 2010, there was an internet response from the unlikely audience of adult men on the anonymous board 4chan. The discussion of MLP on 4chan led to conflict among bronies and non-bronies who insulted those who enjoyed the show. Arguments escalated enough that 4chan began banning any user who mentioned MLP. 4chan then, I'm just sorry, has since welcomed bronies back to the site with a board specifically for MLP posts. However, the rejection of bronies on 4chan led to them creating their own sites such as Brony, sorry, such as PonyCon and Equestria Daily. 
to discuss the show in addition to utilizing other popular sites such as YouTube and DeviantArt to post fanfiction art. Before MLP, adult male audiences also created fandoms around Barbie dolls and the Powerpuff Girls, also directed by Lauren Foss. Due to the depth depth of the personalities of the characters on the show. Nowadays, ponies aren't just males between the ages of 15 to 35 and single. Bronies can also be female, trans, and non-binary. They can still be refer- they can still be referred to as bronies, but some of the female fans have adopted the identity of Pegasisters or Lady Bronies. As a whole, the brony community seems to be made up of people who are largely accepting, tolerable, and kind. It's a very inclusive community even though they have to deal with the stigma of pedophilia and gender bias from the outside world. With a mostly male audience, MLP has allowed those same males to use those shows in fandom. As a rejection of traditional masculinity, the media promotes men should be as dark and detached. Simply watching the show is the only overt resistance to masculinity that bronies express. Bronies have a more complex, covert resistance to masculinity based upon the attitudes and personalities in the brony community. Men are often expected to be tough, cool, and to never express emotions, but the brony community allows men to be more vulnerable. Bronies are honest with themselves and others and often share intimate feelings which creates the strong sense of brony community. Although the brony community has offered many marginalized groups a safe space to be themselves and freely feel, there's one subculture that many actively stay clear of which are the gloppers. Gloppers are bronies who are sexually attracted to the ponies in the uh, My Little Pony uh, universe and create pornography based off of those characters. Uh, Gloppers consist of a small minority of the brony community and are frowned upon most bronies who do not identify as gloppers. This stigma portrayed perfectly, I'm sorry, is portrayed perfectly in the episode of the Howard Stern Show in which he interviews bronies. Stern only airs interviews with bronies who are gloppers, making it appear as if all bronies are gloppers. Stern makes multiple references to bronies being sexual predators and has an overall judgment as losers who live with their parents. So Baltimore has their own annual BronyCon, which has either passed or more than likely has been postponed later in the year uh, for obvious reasons. Um, If you're listening in the future, there's been a virus that's going around and like making a lot of people sick and like killing off a lot of the elderly like around the world, not just in America. So a lot of stuff has been postponed. Okay, back to March 2020. <laughs> um, I've, I mean, I've always steered clear of that convention, but I may buy a ticket now just to get eyes on the fandom for myself. Like no judgment. I just want to get some fresh hand I mean first hand uh experience like any other convention. Um but the whole pedophilia esque vibe furries and bronies give off uh more specifically the cloppers give off is a very real um concern in real life and not just on the forums. You know, I've heard 
horror stories of parents or guardians taking uh, kids to the movie theater for the My Little Pony movies and grown men were in there with no children and it freaked everyone out with their kids. Um, there have been incidents where convention employees had to keep an eye on specific people at these shows because they were getting some, some uh, reports of suspicious characters not actual characters, like not the ones in costumes or cosplay, anything like that. Just like regular plain clothes dressed guys um, following behind children or acting out of place. Um, but the employees couldn't kick them out because they were playing, they were paying attendees and the only crime anyone witnessed them commit was just being weird. And again, just like really out of place. Um, it's like now when an adult goes to Chuck E. Cheese they have to have brought a child along with them or they're not allowed in and all children have to be escorted to and from the bathroom because parents used to let their kids run around and someone would like grab them either to or from or like even in the bathroom. The The point is these are child themed places and activities with these like lonely adults sticking out like a sore thumb. It's a scary time we live in even with the advancement in technology. But we also have an advancement or evolution in predators. You know, people outside looking in to these conventions with concern isn't unwarranted. Uh, but on the flip side of that coin, I believe it's unfair to hold this misjudgment, this, um, this stigma over uh, um, these two misunderstood subcultures, furry and the bronies, that, you know... It's mainly there because the fandom, both fandoms are mostly male. Like, you wouldn't be that hung up if it was all female. Like, an all-female thing. If anything, you'd be like, oh, well, how come, you know, there aren't any men included? Whereas with this, it's like, do you actually want to be included in anything like this? But it's like women in the LGBTQ plus community kind of just, like, made a space for themselves. And it's, it's not like they could say no. Um... Both communities just like most of most of these uh, other uh, communities fall under the umbrella of fantasy and escapism. They provide a safe space either on the internet or in real life with other like-minded people. It's no different than any other Comic-Con, gaming tourney, or cultural festival like RenFest or anything like that. Uh, the biggest hang-up most people have, including me, like I stated in the beginning, it's the fact that these fandoms are mostly based on works made specifically for children and that those fictional characters or fursonas are animals. So, circling back to Beastars, uh, Paru Igataki gave creatures traits closely associated with beings. So they gave them emotions, goals, fears, body autonomy, uh, laws to abide by, and sexual desires. This goes against everything all of us, if not most, have been taught about animals. And in some cases, according to your religion, that they have no soul. So what Beastars, uh, furries, and bronies have done in the pursuit of entertainment, exploration, and escapism, they've created this connection whether intentional or not, between animals and humans, real ones and mythical ones, that a lot of us, including me, aren't ready to acknowledge. 
overall, I'm not trying to create a debate or argue over the subject. It's just something I wanted to get more information on to talk about. If you like, you like what you like. I mean, there's not really anything you can, anyone can say or, or, uh, do to really change that. I mean, you could shame somebody about it, but they'll like it regardless. It's not hurting anybody. You know, it's not hurting children, the elderly animals or any other vulnerable demographic then, you know, who am I or who are any of us really to judge? You know, if you're a furry, brony, if you're into B-Stars or anything similar and when you want to discuss more with me, you know, you can just shoot me an email, uh, solonerdbird at gmail.com. You slide me a message on my various social media pages, which is in my description of um, every podcast episode. And again, I'd like to just add once more, you know, please do not use this podcast episode to argue or exploit anyone who's interested and or involved in this Netflix show, the manga, or um, the furry and brony community. You know, again, just do your own research or simply just mind your business. Again, this is K.S. Garner, and you have been listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Thank you.